Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. This week, if you can, when you're praying, remember our young people. Um, Thursday, we have an evangelist from America, Blake Young, coming into the school, and he'll be sharing this Thursday here, both campuses coming together, all high school kids. We don't do this very often, but um, please be praying for um, our young people, for our school, uh, and then on Saturday is, uh, is the Youth Alive event uh, in the city of Adelaide, and so, yeah. Be praying, praying for our young people in, in our region uh, and in our city because it's really, really important, isn't it? Uh, but it's, it'll be a great week and uh, I'm just going to pray before I get started, yeah? So Lord, we ask that you would share your heart with us today, that you would speak to us. We thank you for your goodness and we pray that you would by your spirit, that you would bring to light everything that you want to reveal to us, everything you want to say and challenge us and stretch us. We receive that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, um, I've just changed at the last minute. It's kind of like making a U-turn at the traffic lights when you're not really meant to. Um, Hey, there's some people putting up their hands saying, I do that. Very honest people. Um, I have have been known to do it every now and then. So that's what it's like when you change a sermon at the very, very last minute. Um, But I just sort of felt to um, encourage us today that it's not a time to play it safe. It's not a day and age to play it safe. And so I want to read from the book of Matthew. uh, So you can turn there if you want to. Um, because it won't be up on the screen, because Peter has completely different verses uh, that if he puts up, it'll baffle everyone. So you can just chill, media guys, and just relax. Enjoy the ride. Matthew uh, chapter 14, and I'm going to start at verse 22. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, very familiar passage, Jesus walking on the water. And so let's read a little bit about that. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the other side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped. The disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. 
Great passage, great story. It's not just a story. As we know, this really happened. This Jesus really performed these miracles. And in the sense that I was just feeling and, uh, you know, in the day and age that we live in now, it can be much easier sometimes to shrink back, much easier sometimes to just think it's too hard. The battle is too much, uh, whatever arena you're in, maybe uh, in your work environment, political environment, relationships, all these different arenas of life, it can seem way too hard. It's just easier to settle down, keep the peace and not rock the boat, not get out of the boat, so to speak, and and just try and sort of do life the best way we can. I want to share from a couple of experiences, I think, that we've had um, in the last few years in particular, um, oftentimes God will, as most of you in this room will know, God will turn trials and challenges, he will turn them around sometimes even years later, years later. I know sometimes when we can quote those scriptures when we're going through a tough time and someone comes up to us and, and says, it's okay, God's using it for your good and you just slap them in the face and they hit the ground. In your head, I mean, that's what you do, isn't it? But, you know, months, months, months later or even a year or two later, you look back and go, my goodness, look what's happened now. Look what's happened now, the fruit in my life from that trial. And if you're going through a trial this morning, watch out. God's got you in his sights. He's going to turn it around and he's going to bless you if you're faithful. And so I've realized that when, particularly when Karen went through physical burnout, and it was a, it was a real challenge and physically it was a challenge, challenge for us as a family. And we ended up in Germany at a at a a Christian um, healing community. And I remember when we first got there, just thinking, okay, is this a cult? Are these people weird? I'm looking around for all the little sort of new age things and trying to find, is there, is this legit? Um, you know, because it's good to have a little bit of skeptic in us, isn't it? Um, but I have an overload of skeptic sometimes. And so I'm, I'm kind of, You know, I'm just thinking, what is this? And just sussing it out. Sure enough, weeks and weeks and weeks go by and we we realize God is doing something. And he taught us so many things in the challenge that we never would have discovered. We never would have seen this stuff had it not been for the trial. We never would have been on uh, a health and wellness journey, jumping into the pool in cold mornings and doing all sorts of crazy things for our physical benefit. We probably wouldn't even have the energy that we have now if it weren't for those struggles. And so God uses these things strategically so that we don't become too safe. I'm not saying he sends them, but he does use them. And you look across the earth right now with COVID and, you know, what is it, fourth wave, then there's a fifth wave. And I heard a medical guru saying, you know, we've got another couple of years of this to just sort of ride it out. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, another couple of years. Wasn't it two weeks to flatten the curve? <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a long haul, isn't it? It's a long haul. And it can seem overwhelming. And if it's not that, then it's something else, and and then it's something else, and then there's something else, and there's always something to fear on television, isn't there? It's just magical. It's amazing. Wouldn't it be amazing if we didn't know any of this stuff? We wouldn't even fear it. (laughs) And so 
We live in a day and age where we are bombarded with this stuff. And, and I do overload regularly on American politics for some reason. And then I have to just switch it off for a while. And, um, and I realise that it's going to happen over there anyway, whether I know it or not. Uh, but the truth is we do not trust in governments. We don't trust in governments. We never have. Our trust is in the Lord. And, and so we, we realise that things that we've relied on, we can't rely on. We can't rely on some of these pillars of society, like maybe even in bygone generations. We can't rely on that stuff because it's eroded before our very eyes. Things are eroding within years, not decades. It used to take decades to change to society. Now it takes years. In fact, it actually takes months. And so what, what now we're seeing a bombardment of information and confusion and, and certainly the enemy is using an agenda to try and bring down God's truth. So it's not a time for you and I to play it safe. I want to encourage you something that um, we actively do is always seek out fresh ways to be awakened. And if you feel like you're playing it safe spiritually, change it up. Change it up because it's not working. Whatever, you might be getting bored. You might be getting tired. Maybe your devotion is you've read it a thousand times or whatever it is. Change it up. Get a little bit radical. Get out of the boat and change something so that you can take new ground. Because Jesus needs you. He needs you for some crazy reason. He left this earth. I don't know why still to this day, really, when you think about it. It would have been a whole lot easier if he just stayed here. But he didn't stay here. He left around 2,000 years ago. And he left us a deposit of himself called Holy Spirit, who is God, and he is in you and he's in me. But there is a participation of obedience that you and I take up each day. Every single day we say yes or we say no to either get out of the boat or stay in the boat. It's a lot warmer in the boat, I know. It's a lot warmer with the quilt on. You know, it's so much easier, isn't it? But Jesus says, get out of the boat in your prayer life. Get out of your boat in your comfortability. Get out of your boat in the way you're thinking. You're thinking way too safe. Way too safe because of disappointment and hurt and because it hasn't happened for you in the past. And that's the same for Karen and I. We're like, you know, oh, this hasn't ha expectations haven't been met. So we lower our expectations. And in Australia, we're very good at that, aren't we? We have very low expectations. Very low expectations. Don't expect too much because you might get your hopes up. Don't get too radical because you'll be the tall poppy in the room that everyone's going to shoot at. Lower your expectations, calm the farm, keep it calm, you know, because you're just, you're just going to get a little bit too radical. These are all things I've said, by the way, either to myself or to others, but they're, they're ungodly beliefs because God wants you at peak performance. He wants you at your best, spiritually, your sharpest. And so here we see Jesus say, get out of the boat. Peter, amazingly, amazingly has enough faith to get out of the boat. Yet Jesus' word, he said, if you call me, I can do it. Often Peter gets a bad rap, doesn't he? You know, I mean, he chopped off someone's ear and he denied Christ. And, you know, he did some things. 
do you know what? I would have done all the same things. I would have done all the same things. And, and so if, if I can sit with Peter and say, well, at least I walked for a couple of meters, then that's not bad. It might take us getting out of the boat and just walking a couple of meters to start with. You might not feel like it. In fact, you probably won't feel like it. Most of you will know this. When you go to pray, your flesh does not feel like it. Maybe some of you do just sort of dancing and, and off you go. But there is a war between flesh and spirit. The Bible says that. Flesh and spirit. When we identify that my flesh is not going to feel like it. This is why Karen and I do crazy things to awaken our flesh. Because if you can awaken your flesh, you will awaken your spirit. It's, it's, a, it's a doorway to awakening the spirit. So I, was, I went into our sauna room this week and Karen was already in there sweating away. And she was like, she said, oh, I'm feeling so light. I'm feeling the, the presence of God because, you know, we, we do some breathing things and we sort of activate because you don't feel like doing much stuff in the morning, do you? So we're breathing and she's in the sauna and, and, and it spoke to me for a minute and said, yeah, this is, we have Christians we have forgotten the lost art of meditation, spiritual meditation. We've forgotten it because the New Ages do it and they've robbed us from it. And so we don't touch any of that. Or it, it, if, if, if there's anything, if you're sitting cross-legged, oh, be careful. The yogis do that. Be careful. Be careful if there's someone who comes in with a tie-dyed shirt. It might be New Age. So we've completely cancel-cultured the deeper things of the Spirit because we're too scared. We're too scared of that stuff. And, and it's something that, like I said, Karen and I, we've, we've been reactivating some of this stuff and even breathing in God's presence, breathing in His creation and awakening our body to awaken our spirit because our body doesn't want to. So Paul says, I beat my flesh into submission. Some of you men need to start beating your flesh into submission and learn how to pray again. Learn how to stand for your families again. Learn how to stand for the generations again because it will not happen for you. You are going to have to do it. You're going to have to do it. And so it's one of those, I know I go after men because, you know, it doesn't feel right me going after women. But I can go after men because I'm a man. But I shared even with our team training this week, and one thing that is, I've just, all the time I'm aware of this, is the enemy has decimated masculinity in the church we either think we've got to be a celebrity in the church celebrity leader or nothing and and neither is right and so that that deep prayer men of the spirit women of the spirit who actually you know it's it's not about this this is nothing to do with it nothing to do with it it's everything about this your encounter during the week, your meditation during the week, your activation during the week, your carrying whatever God's given you, your enlargement of your territory. That When the kingdom of God comes alive in you, and believe me, if you're anything like me, you, you need to beat your flesh into submission. I mean, I am like a chainsaw. I have to yank that thing and absolutely get my body awakened. Otherwise, I don't feel like doing anything. It's quiet now because I know you also feel the same way. 
I've been told enough times, we're agreeing with you quietly. I want to encourage you, especially you guys. You're going to have to beat your flesh into submission. Paul says, I die daily. I wonder if, if that means I actually give way to what I'm feeling in the flesh, in my mind, my thinking, what I'm focusing on. I actually die to that stuff and I actually take up my cross, he says. And, and this life, if we live for the flesh, if we sow to the flesh, we reap in the flesh. But we don't want to sow to the flesh. We want to sow in the spirit. So I want to encourage you. You might want to... No, I won't go there. You might want to... Uh, I was going to lead us in a Wim Hof breathing session. But, you know, it's going to take us, take us too long this morning. But, uh, but I want to encourage you. Get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. Don't play it safe. We don't know how long we have here on earth. But your prayers are needed for the generations. Your activated spirit is needed for people around you. Your gifting, your talents, your intercession, whatever it is God's given you is needed in this hour. The world has never been crazier. It's never been crazier. And I, I mean... You know, you, the mind boggles to think where we're going to be in a generation if God doesn't come and move and do something. We need God to come and move, but maybe he's going to do it through you. Maybe he's going to do it through you. Maybe he's going to do it through some of our prayers, our faithful prayers. Maybe some of us who get activated and say, yeah, okay, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to beat my flesh. I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like pressing in. I don't feel like trusting God because I'm disappointed from the, the past. I've, I haven't seen him come through in those ways in the past. Forget about the past. Forgetting what is behind, we press on toward the goal. And so this hour is not an hour to play it safe. It's not an hour to just feed the flesh and think that she'll be right. She is not right. She isn't. Our nation is not right. Our institutions are not right. Our media is not right. Our politics are not right. I, I was, uh, I'm being reminded at the more and more politicians I meet that they are very, very normal people just like you and me. And, and they actually don't know much more than you or me. In fact, a lot of times they know a lot less. If they don't know the Lord, they know a lot less. And so we do not trust in governments. We don't trust in these establishments. We've got to do what we can. We've got to pray for them and we've got to activate in that realm as well. Some will be called more to that realm than others. And that's right and good and we need that. But ultimately, you and I on Judgment Day are answerable to one person. One person, one person, and his name is Jesus. And you might be sitting in here today and you haven't really stepped out of the boat for Jesus. I want to encourage you, commit to him to step out of the boat. Step out of the safe zone, that comfortable, warm, that warmth of that boat, which might be really good. I always liked every now and then you'd go on a boat and there's that cabin, you know, that little lower cabin. It's all cozy. It's all nice. That's kind of what I picture. I don't think they had that in this day. But, you know, it's very safe in there. This is not an hour for Christians to play it safe. There is all across the world so much confusion. Good being called bad, bad being called good, evil being called good, etc., etc., etc. So much confusion that our light needs to shine bigger and brighter than ever before. And that means yours. 
You might think, well, I don't have a gifting to do this. You, you have a gifting to pray. You have a gifting to intercede with him. Because ultimately, if we connect with him, we're, doing, we're, we're starting the whole, we're stepping out of the boat. We're starting the process. We're starting the process. And we've been challenged again this year to be a praying people. And so I want to encourage you, yeah, yeah, for free on Wednesday, even just to come for half an hour, come Wednesday night, come Tuesday morning, whenever there's opportunities. And like Karen said, you can just lie here and hum if you have to. Do whatever you need to do. But we need to connect with God because there's a generation crying out for the reality, the reality of God, the touch of God. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm now going to, okay? I'm, uh, Karen, do you want to come up? She's like, what the heck? <laughs> That's right. That's exactly. Do you want to come up as well, David? <laughs> um, okay. All right. Just having a little meeting here. Is that okay? Yeah. Just give someone a high five next to you. Just make sure they're still. Karen was um, uh, over time, and she's told snippets of this story, but even the other night she was just explaining it a little bit more to me um, of, of many years ago what happened in her life when um, some faithful family dragged Karen here to encounter God. And I just wanted to explain that because I think it's really important for us to be reminded of what the touch of God does. And many of you know this, so I want her to explain it in some detail. Good morning. <laughs> I, um, I had some wonderful time this week with my mom, my beautiful mom, and we were just talking through some things and remembering some things, and, and it was just such a special time, and I was sharing with Marty. Mum and I were talking about the very first time I came to this church. So there's, there's a lot of history there. We've been here for a long time now. It's actually, it's our 25th wedding anniversary coming up next month, so um, God's good. <laughs> The very first time I came here to this church, I was 17 and I finished school and I was in uni. I, I skipped a year somehow along the way in school. So I started uni at 17 and uni was a very different place to school. Christian schooling was such a gift, my goodness, so precious, such a safe environment, so much love and support. Stepping out into uni was a massive shock and experience. Um, so it was trying to, in that season of my life, navigate all these things in the world. And, and I know I was going through some really challenging times. And my mum had been asking me um, quite regularly, Karen, would you come along? Would you come along to church? Would you come along to Morfitt Vale? God's doing something. And I remember, no, no, I don't want to come. I don't want to. I'm busy with this. I've got this on. I'm, I need to do this. No, no, no. And so many times she asked, and then so many times I said no. Anyway, she decided, and, and we were chatting about this this week. She decided, she said, all right, Lord, I am going to say to Karen, if you come with me, I will never ask you again. Come once and I'll stop asking. And she decided this in her heart and she said to me, Karen, this is the last time I'm going to ask you if you will come once, 
then I won't ask you again. Because she was asking me very regularly, and I think I was very regularly saying no. She's like, all right, Karen, if you come once with me, I'll stop asking. And I said, do you promise? (laughs) She said, yes, I promise. I said, all right, I'll come once, and then don't ask me again. She goes, I won't. So I came along. But mum said to me something this week that I didn't know. She said, I asked you if you'd come, and you said yes. And then all that week, I cried out to the Lord, Lord, you better show up. God, you better come because I can't ask her again. I've given her my word. (laughs) This is the last time. And God, you need to come. You need to touch her life. She needs you. And what I didn't know is my mum got before the Lord that whole week and began to pray for me. And she began to call out to the Lord on my behalf. She began to intercede and pray and seek the Lord that he would come and touch my life. Because we, you see, you get to a point in life, and I think the older you get, the more you realize this is that I can do nothing apart from Christ who comes to us and through us and around us. It's him. It's him. So my mum began to pray and intercede. And that we came on a Sunday night, and I remember sitting about here and we sat there as a family and, and at the end of the service, um, Barry started praying for people and he called people forward to be prayed for and people were being touched by the Lord and a couple of people went down in the spirit. First time I'd ever seen that or experienced that. And um, one of mum's friends, Aunty Bev, friend of our family, came and said, Karen, do you want to come down? No, no, I'm good. I was so shy. I, I just, I was very hesitant and I, I was like, no, no. But, but you see, before I could properly say no and be really strong about it, she'd grabbed my hand and she was pulling me out of my chair and she was like, come on, come on. And I was really trying to politely say no. But anyway, before I knew it, I was down here, <laughs> standing here very scared, unsure of what was going to happen, never never seen God do anything like this before, but there I was at the front, and here was Pastor Barry coming toward me, um, who's now my wonderful father-in-law, um, but he, he came and he just gently touched my head, just so gently, and he just began to pray. And all I remember in that moment was just feeling so light and so overcome. And I couldn't, I couldn't even understand it. But I just felt this lightness and I went down. And in that moment, I just, I just breathed. And I just rested. And, and I, I had no idea what was taking place. But there was a peace that I was experiencing that I couldn't put words to and I just stayed on the floor and I don't know how long, but I got up different. That girl that was saying no, no, no was a girl that got up off the carpet and went home and got out her Bible and read nearly all night long and who began weeping before the Lord And I went to uni and I was a different, and they were like, what the heck has happened to you? I was talking about Jesus. And and you see, my spirit came alive because the Holy Spirit touched me. And that was nothing that I could have done or anyone else that even loved me could have done in my life. That was a touch of, of the Lord. That was him. But that was the prayer of my mom, praying for me. And prayer is powerful. Prayer really is powerful. And I know I'm here today because of a lot of love and prayer. And I think we could say that for all of us. But prayer is really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. I'd love you to stand. And um, 
I have no idea what we should do now. <laughs> Is that okay? But I'd love us to spend a couple of minutes just waiting on him. It might be a long time between drinks for some of you. Since you've lifted your hands and just allowed the Holy Spirit to fill you and him touch you. But as, as we get older and as we see more and more in the world, we're realizing that touch of God is more needed now in this hour than ever before. And you are called to be a releaser of that. Not just a receiver of that, a releaser of that. Hundreds and hundreds of people are called to do that. And so if you're hungry for that, just lift your hands this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray you would see our hearts, you would see our hunger for you, and you would respond. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. We invite you to come and fill us with your touch. Fill us with your presence and your power that you would come and awaken, that you would come and awaken. Now, you might just want to fix your eyes on him for a minute and just wait on him. Maybe he'll speak. Maybe you'll feel him. Maybe you'll just sense him leading you or guiding you or whatever it might be. But we just say, Lord, have your way. Have your way. Holy Spirit, come and fill. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. And we thank you that you love to come and you love to be with us. And Father, we just welcome you to come this morning. Come however you desire. Come however you want, Lord. Whatever it looks like, whatever it feels like, whatever, whatever it sounds like, Lord, we say yes to you. We say yes. And Father, we just open our hearts and we open our spirit to you this morning and we just receive. Lord, we receive your peace and we receive your presence. Lord, we ask that you would come, that you would come and touch our hearts and touch our lives like only you can do. Lord, like you've done it before, come do it again. Shabba. Lord, like you've done it again, come and do it again, Lord, like you've done it before. Come, Lord, come. We say yes to you, Lord. <laughs> we say yes. We say yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come. And Father, where there's been areas of our hearts that have been clouded by disappointment, Lord, we just bring those things to you right now. Where there's been areas of our heart, Lord, where we've been hurt and, and we've experienced pain and brokenness. And, and Lord, where we've carried disappointment, Lord, we just lift all of that to you right now. And Father, we ask that you would exchange that with your goodness and with your love and with fresh hope. 
Father, we confess that life is not easy and we walk through hard things. But we know that you are faithful, Lord, and we know that you desire more than we could comprehend to be with us, to walk with us, to fill us, to surround us. So, Father, we ask, Lord, that in these areas of our lives that maybe have held us back from trusting you, from reaching out to you, from from praying and seeking your face, Lord, we ask that you would forgive us of these things that you would wash us by your blood and that you would do something special in our hearts this morning, that you would ignite a hunger and a passion and a faith, a fresh faith and fresh hope within us, Lord. We ask you to ignite that by your Spirit right here, right now in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Do in us what only you can do. Yeah, if you're hungry for that same touch of God, then you're just you're welcome to come now. We'll just come down the front in a minute and just pray over you. Believe God to come and fill you and touch you afresh. And Lord, we just thank you for your voice. Thank you for your touch. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and change, shape, and encourage refresh, heal, restore. We thank you that you are a God of miracles. And we pray this morning, even right in this atmosphere, Lord, you would release your miracles, your miracles, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 